EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people Names, who characters, are... places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or locales or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Bonnie. That, folks, obviously was my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Bonnie DeForest, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and myself, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This time on KB Cabaret, we feature all new comedy sketches, plus music by our producer, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, I am in my mid-thirties and am actively dating. Some of the men are really nice, and I am considering dating one long-term, possibly even hooking up. However, I do have an issue with all of my suitors. They are all sloppy. I like to dress up nice, wear heels and jewelry. Every guy I meet either has baggy pants, wears T-shirts, or a backward baseball cap. I am not superficial or very picky, but I don't understand why a guy can't dress up once in a while when going out on a date not to mention meeting my parents when the time is right. How do I tell these great guys to shed their trailer trash look without hurting their feelings? Help, Granny Ada. I don't know what to do. Signed, Pull Up Your Pants. Dear pull-ups, how delightful. Men wearing slob wear. Yes, I agree. Young men are not dressing up like they used to. In my day, if a man didn't wear a suit or take his hat off indoors, he would be shown the front door, if you know what I mean. There is no polite way of putting this, dear. Just tell them like it is. Shape up or ship out. Pull up your big boy pants and look like the big boy you are. You deserve going out to a nice restaurant with a well-dressed man who doesn't slouch, wear a baseball shirt, or have a toothpick sticking out of his mouth. If he insists on looking like a toddler, take him to a Chuck E. Cheese and leave him there. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. This is very kind of you to do, Leon. A promise is a promise, Bree. I'm sure Beulah appreciates your help. Well, I know how much she loves the recipe segment on the show, Bree. This is the least I can do to support her while she's at rehab. Have you heard from her? Well, we're not allowed to communicate at all while she's in there. Huh. I thought they allowed family members to keep in contact with their patients. Nope. Now, I understand they won't allow me to talk to her, since I'm her ex... But they won't even allow our son, Polly, to write a caller. Well, they must know what they're doing at the rehab. Anyway, let's get you mic'd up here. The segment is about to start. Ready, Bree? Almost. There. Ready? Okay. In three, two, one, cue music. 
Hello, KB Cabaret audience. Welcome to our Parlor City Chef Extraordinaire segment with Beulah Deschamps. This week, Beulah is on sabbatical, doing some much-needed work outside of the show. But not to worry, folks, because we have a special guest on our show representing our dear Beulah during her absence. Leon Deschamps, her um, partner in crime. Thank you so much for helping Beulah out. <laughs> well, what are partners in crime for, after all? Leon, tell the audience a little about yourself. Well, Bree, I'm happy you asked. For over 25 years, I used to be a salesman for Swinton's Food Emporium, where Swinton puts the win in your food. Huh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I sold more of Swinton's Swedish meatballs than Stockholm or Gutenberg together. <laughs> My goodness, that is funny. I knew you were in sales, but Beulah never mentioned it was in prepared foods. Well, as I said, I used to be. These days, I'm in a different kind of business. Really? And what is that? I've opened up a food truck. You have? Yes, I have. With my ex, Beulah, and our son, Polly, cooking, it was only a matter of time before I started using what I learned from them and used my Swinton's expertise. So, what do you call your establishment? D-101 Hots. D-101 Hots? That's right. Huh. I sell 101 types of hot dogs and sausages, Bree. Well, how interesting. So, today, if you don't mind, I'm going to share one of my favorites with your audience. Sounds like a plan. It sure does. But don't forget, this is just one little old recipe. There's another 100 kinds of hots on the truck. So, what is it? Uh, here, I brought you one. Oh, my. This is a two-handed hot dog. That's right. I brought lots of napkins. Here you go. Okay, here goes. Oh, my. Mmm. Flavors in this. Incredible. Mmm. Leon, you have a winner. What's in this? It's called Leon's Crunchy Soft Big Beef Dog. You got German potato salad with bacon, fried onions, a special sauce, and melted cheese all embracing the succulent beefy hot dog cradled in a buttery toasted bun. And to think I only use mustard on my dog. Well, Bree, it's time to think outside of the box, if you know what I mean. Eat this with a nice cold beverage and uh, you get some... Uh... What's wrong, Leon? There's a guy next door on Beulah's porch. Oh? Yeah, you see? Oh, my gosh. What? Do you know him? That's Stéphane Boulanger. Who? He's the one who stole all of Beulah's money. What? He's got a lot of nerve coming back here. I'm calling 911. You do that, because he just climbed in her house through the lower bedroom window. I'm getting my gun from the car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I have to stop due to extenuating circumstances. Debbie, you take over and sign off. Hello? Yes, I'd like to report a um, break-in and... Yeah, well... You can find Leon's Crunchy Soft Big Beef Dog on Beulah's Recipe Bar. You can find this, along with Beulah's Recipes, on the KB Cabaret app. Just go to kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. And download yours today. To be continued next week. What's he doing? I don't know. He's been staring at the wall for 20 minutes. I know. Well? Well, what? What are you going to do about it? Me? Yeah, you. Why do I have to ask him? Why don't you? Because. Because I, I have things. You have things. What does that mean? It means, oh, wow, look at the time. I have to meet, um, Joe. Oh, geez, I'm already late. You just made that up to get out of here. No, I didn't. Yes. Yes, you totally did. Well, it doesn't matter anyhow. I still have to go, so mwah. See ya. But, Peter... <sighs> Chicken. So, um, how you doing there, Mr. Blunt? R Reef. Oh, sorry. Reef, how are you doing? You see that? What? That line in the wall, man. 
Oh, that. Yeah. I guess that couch had been pushed too close to the wall one too many times. <laughs> Kids, what are you going to do? <laughs> so with this mud and a little sanding, that line will disappear just like that. Good. Good. That's why you're here, making the walls ready to paint. Yes, yes. I'm the doctor with a patient, man. Like the surgeon in the operating room. Uh-huh. Do you see that? Yeah, it's chipped plaster. I will make that disappear. Poof. Like a magician. So when, exactly? What do you mean? I mean you've been looking at this one wall without touching it for half an hour. Madam, I, Reef Blunt, am an artist. You cannot hurry an artist. I take pride in my work. Yes, I understand this, Reef. Of course I do, uh-huh, but... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Shh. Hear that? What? Put your ear close to the wall. Uh, no, not really. Ah, but a trained ear like mine can. The sound will tell me how the mud coats need to be applied. The smell... Mm, that tells me what kind of spackle product is needed for the area. The taste. Mr. Blunt, please don't lick the wall. Oh, that tells me the compound's content. Look, please don't take this the wrong way, Mr. Blunt. Reef. Okay, Reef. You have two rooms to paint and have been here for an hour. I need this job done yesterday. At the rate you're going, you won't have this job done by next year. If you think it's that easy, why don't you do it yourself? Look, I have three jobs and a household to run. I could do it, but I really need the time to focus on my paying job so I can make enough money to hire professionals like you. Hello? Are you okay? Your body's home, but your mind has left the room. Um, I sense a lot of bad energy in this room, man. This room has pockets of darkness and negative karma. Um, oh, my God. Look, just take your spackle, your mud pan, your five senses, and leave. Just leave. Well, if that is the way you feel... Uh, what about my money? That karma is definitely giving me bad vibes, so no. How about a cappuccino before I go? Not gonna happen. Sorry. Fine. Just do me one favor, though. Don't share my trade secrets with anyone. My art stays with me, man. Your art definitely will stay with you. Goodbye. Hi, honey. Wow, the walls look great. They're so smooth. I can't believe they got done so fast. Yeah. I guess I was wrong about that guy, Reef. He is an artist. It was me. What? It was me. I did the walls. You? Yes, me. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> What are you doing? I smell something. I'm getting a certain vibe. What are you talking? Shh, shh, shh. I can sense the future through your cosmic karma. Huh? You are taking me out to dinner at a fancy restaurant where there is a good lobster and a long wine list. I am? I also hear you on the phone making dinner reservations for six o'clock tonight. I guess I am. Good, good. Now, make us a cappuccino and let us admire my walls of art. I was sitting with my mother in a nice cafe, talking stuff about the neighbors and drinking latte. My mind was thinking elsewhere because I have nothing to say about who does what with who. Hi, this is Bree Harvey, 
head writer and producer of KB Cabaret. Today, we are going to be listening to some of my song selections. And I need to introduce this song in a certain way. Most songs that I write, I relate to. Either it is what I am feeling at the time or a memory I remember. <laughs> the following song is definitely the latter. It is a series of true conversations between my mother and myself. Now, since this is a family show, I decided to try and take out some of the unmentionables, if you will. Here is a little insight of why I need therapy. Sitting with my mother in a nice cafe, talking stuff about the neighbors and drinking latte. My mind was thinking elsewhere, cause I've nothing to say about who does what with who and now they have to pay. I said, Mama, let's talk positive. Don't waste your life away by focusing on negatives or gossips of the day. She looked at me with narrow eyes and didn't speak a while. And then her frown turned upside down And out came a big smile She said, your face is so beautiful Your hair shines like glass Your attitude is positive You've got a certain class It pains me to say this So please don't think I'm crass Your face may be pretty But you've got a big fat ass She faintly smiled, took my fork And ate right off my plate Eating pie will make you small, she did not hesitate. Who'd want to marry you with all that heavy weight? With that big ass, you'll be alone and never get a date. This was her positive, biting, put-down tone. Her smile may be visible, but she has meanness in her bone. I said I'm pretty in my own way. My body is my own. So listen, Mom, I'll say this once. Leave my ass alone. My face may be beautiful, my hair may shine like glass. My attitude is positive, I've got a certain class. It pains me to say this, please don't think I'm crass. My body is a part of me, I like my big fat her retort and looked with disdain passion. Your wardrobe needs new updates, she smiled with compassion. I saved some coupon rebates and it won't cost you a cent. The clothes you buy will all be free at Acme Outdoor Tents. Mother won't see eye to eye on face to butt proportions. Superficial tones of nastiness are way she makes commotions. I wipe my mouth in pure distaste for her retort and passion. My body is a part of me. My my face, my fashion. My face may be beautiful. My hair may shine like glass. My attitude is positive. I have a certain class. It pains me to say this, Mama. Please don't think I'm crass. My body is a part of me. I like my big fat. Carl? Wow, it's been a while. Come on in. Yeah, it's been a while. Three, three years, I reckon. Carl, you're not wearing any pants. I know. I haven't had my coffee yet. Couldn't you just as well stop at the diner down the street from your house? Change jar's empty. So you walked here for six blocks without pants? Actually, it was closer to four. I cut through old man Harding's farm on the way over. Boy, that place sure has gone downhill since that thing burned it down. Well, that's because that thing burned the place down, Carl. Yeah, I figure. Coffee? Sure, but I didn't bring any pants, so it won't change nothing. Wait here. 
I'll get you a pair of my pajama bottoms. So where do you keep it? Top dresser drawer next to my socks. No, I meant that thing. In the dining room next to the table. Huh, I don't see it. The only thing in there is a ficus plant. That's it. Here, put these on. Soon as I have my coffee. Yep, I'm on it. So it turned into a ficus plant, huh? Oh, not really. When I brought it home, I set it on top of the pot to keep it off the floor just in case it leaked or something. My landlady would get real upset if I ruined her hardwood floors. Did it? Did it what? Leak. No, but the ficus eventually grew up around it and covered it so well, I just keep forgetting it's there until it needs watering. Well, how often do you water it? I don't. It just grows on its own. Been close to three years now, I reckon. Where do you think it came from? My aunt gave it to me when I moved into the apartment. It looked dead and had like three leaves on it. I almost threw it away. Not the ficus. I was talking about that thing. Old Man Harding's place, remember? No. What planet do you think it was from? I don't know. I've asked myself the same question. Can't be from any place intelligent. Just look at it. It's a ficus tree now. Yeah, but it looks great. By the way, does that thing still have Old Man Harding's artificial leg sticking out of its neck? Yeah. You can see it if you pull back the leaves. Ah, cool. Hey, I see a litter box in the corner. Since when did you become a cat person? Since I found out how much goats cost. Oh, I love cats. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Carl, don't. I don't want you getting attached to it. It's best to pretend it's not even there. Oh, don't worry. There's no way I'll ever get attached to that thing. I meant the cat. Oh. So what's the cat's name? I don't name them. Them? Don't ask. Well, anyway, I just stopped by to see if you want to go fishing today. I heard the bullhead are running down at Builder's Cove. Love to. Here, drink some coffee first. The next song that we are going to be playing today is a song that is not quite finished, actually. It is just me and the guitar. We are still working on it in studio to add some more instruments, and when we do, we shall play that for you as well, probably in the next few weeks. However, I decided to play this for you because it is a feeling, and sometimes the simplest instrumentation is the best to convey a feeling such as this. It's called Once Upon a Memory, and it is about my son. Now, as parents, we know from the moment our children are born that one day they will leave the home nest. It is only natural, yet still, of course, we wouldn't have it any other way. Here are some portraits of memories that I will always carry with me. My song to my son, Once Upon a Memory. Portraits of family, 
my pictures that last I remember when you came home one starry night and told us of her as the one who's your life my heart sang as you sang That's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Hello. You are an idiot. Hello, Dad. How are you? room at General because of your big mouth. What? She's in the emergency room? Yes, she can hear, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right down. Dad, Dad, here I am. Ma, what's going on? Oh, Alice, why did I listen to you? I told you her bright ideas come out sideways, but no, Ruth, you had to listen to our daughter. Will you stop already and tell me what happened? Fine, if you must know, I fainted at the dentist office probably had a stroke or a heart attack. You were getting imprints for a bridge. You made her go to that butcher. Dr. Bernie is not a butcher. He's a kind man. Besides, Ma called me last week, crying that her front teeth broke out after eating a slice of watermelon. So what? Her upper front teeth are missing, Dad. She can't just let that go. Besides, you know how vain Ma is. Oh, it was awful. They were taking pictures and putting this gummy thing into my mouth. They weren't even sanding your teeth or anything yet. Sand my teeth? Oh, my God. They're going to sand my teeth? Ma, don't get yourself so worked up about this. A bridge is not a big deal. I showed you a video on how it's done. Well, I don't remember any video. And I don't like going to the dentist. I can't understand why you are so worked up about this. That's because you are an idiot. I know, Dad. Thank you. Ma, are you taking your anti-anxiety pills? What anti-anxiety pills? The ones the doctor prescribed to you four months ago because you have high anxiety. If they're the little blue pills, I only took them twice. You just told me you were still taking them last week. That's because I wanted you off my back. You give me agita. Why am I even surprised? Don't talk to your mother that way. 
What? I didn't say anything. Uh, excuse me, Mrs. Edelman. Yes, that's me. Hi, I'm Dr. Lewis. I looked over your test results and I have some good news to tell you. Tell me, doctor. I can take it. Uh, no, no, it's good news. You are fine. You had a panic attack during your dental visit. Stanley, you hear that? I'm going to die. Oh, no, Mrs. Edelman. You're not going to die from this. How much time do I have, doctor? Be honest. Ruth, for God's sake, put your hearing aids in. I can hear perfectly fine, Stanley. You don't have to shout. What I would like to prescribe for you are anti-anxiety pills. Ha! I'm sorry. Did I say something funny? Don't listen to her. She's nuts. Um... Are they little blue pills, doctor? Well, I I'm not sure. Why? Just asking. Anyway, the nurse will come in shortly to have you sign some release papers. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome. Oh, by the way, we just released your dentist, Dr. Bernie. He'll be fine. What? What? Was Dr. Bernie, Ma's dentist, in the emergency room, too? Yes, that's right. Uh, thank you, doctor. No, wait. What was Dr. Bernie seen for? Never mind, Alice. Doctor? She bit down on his index finger. Happy? Stanley? Uh, he needed a tetanus shot and 30 stitches. Your mother bit down hard. It was lucky his finger was still on. Oh. Well, the release papers will be in soon. What are you looking at? It's your fault your mother bit the doctor, Alice. You're both right. You always are. I think I better go now. Where are you going in my time of need? Well, first, I'm going to get a card for Dr. Bernie. And then I'm going to get a nice scotch straight up. Take care, you two. You deserve each other. What did I tell you? She's an idiot. I know, I know. Why do these things always happen to me? And so our saga ends again for now. But join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. Okay, what's this say? Give stop watching and recipes. I have no idea what that means. Well, you wrote it down. I know I did, but I wrote the skit idea down at two in the morning a week ago. So, well, um, could it be gift stop shop? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Gift shop watching recipes? Yeah. That's it. Oh, gift shop watching recipes. I still don't know what that means. Gift shop, watching, wanting recipes. Okay, okay, that's better. What about it? I don't know. You wrote the idea down. You're supposed to help me here. <sighs> gift shop, wanting recipes. You're at a gift shop, and you want to buy a recipe book. And? And you find a recipe book for men. Men? Cheesecake. What are you talking about? Well, it could be funny. I'm not getting it. Cheesecake. Men, you know. Don't you mean beefcake? Beefcake, cheesecake, what's the difference? There is a difference. One is cheesy and one is beefy. Okay, beefcake then. So I want a recipe for beefcake? On how to get one. One what? A man. You want a recipe to find a man. Okay, okay, so I'm in a bookstore looking for a recipe for beefcake. A man. A man, and I find... Noodles. What? Noodles. Don't you get it? Not really. Well, noodles are more noodlier, not beefy. There's no noodles in beef. There is in my mother's beef goulash. What? You said there is no noodle in beef. Well, there is in my mother's goulash. Are you deliberately trying to kill me? No, I just don't think noodles and beef are so funny. Well, then you figure out your dumb notes. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, now I remember. That note is to go stop at a gift store and find my brother a stopwatch. What? That's not funny and has nothing to do with what you wrote. Yes, it does. It wasn't a reminder for a skit. It was a note to buy my brother a stopwatch. What about the recipe? I don't know about the recipe. Maybe it was a receipt. Not a recipe. Ah.
This song that you're going to be hearing next is a song that just came to me. And it was really deep inside my memories, my feelings. It's called Why. And it is a song of love, hope, and loss. Emotions of a heart can bring such joy, and they can bring such sorrow. Something that is unavoidable in life. However, as the famous saying goes, it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Why? I never knew you I only felt you still going to go to speed dating tonight? Ah, you bet, Carrie. Just think of all those beautiful women we're going to meet. You think they'll like us? Of course. What's not to like? Well, they're young and we're old. They have jobs and we don't. 
They're smart and we're dumb. Hey, you sure won't impress anyone with a negative attitude like that. You have to focus on how you and the woman are similar, not different. Similar? You mean like how we're both so desperate for a date that we're willing to do this speed dating thing? Right. Now you're getting it. Speed dating is easy. Just be yourself. Be myself? Forget that. I've been myself all my life, and it hasn't gotten me anywhere. Well, it's okay to tell a few little white lies. Everybody does that. Like I can say I don't have any money now, but once I win the lawsuit, I'll be a millionaire? What lawsuit? There isn't any lawsuit. That's my little white lie. That lie goes beyond being white. It's sort of yellow, with a few brown spots. Uh, I never heard of a yellow and brown lie. Gary, you don't have to tell big lies to these women. Just give them the look. What look? The look that says, Hey, baby, why don't you and I go down to the river for some skinny dipping? I can't do that, Monty. I don't even know how to swim. You don't have to know how to swim. You're not really going skinny dipping. You're just showing her how adventurous and romantic you are. Oh, man, this speed dating thing is way too complicated for me. I'm just going to go home and watch TV on the couch with my dog. That's what you do every night. Tonight will be different. You'll see, Carrie. Come on, it'll be fun. Oh, okay. As long as I don't have to swim. Here we are, Carrie. As soon as the bell rings, your first speed date begins. Don't screw it up. Ah, oh, this is scary. I don't know if I can... Hi, I'm Harriet. Uh, hi, Harriet. I'm Carrie. What do you do, Carrie? What do I do? What do I do about what? Uh, I mean, what do you do for a living? Oh, that. Right now, I'm waiting to win my lawsuit so I can be a millionaire. Really? That's what I wanted to hear. I'm marking you as a big yes. Wow. This speed dating is easier than I thought. So, what are you going to do with all that money? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is switch from light beer to dark beer. I'll be able to afford it then. That's it? Aren't you going to spend some money on your new girlfriend? Like, buy her jewelry and fancy clothes and a sports car? Oh, yeah. I guess those are the things you have to do for your girlfriend when you're a millionaire, huh? Gosh, I have so much to learn. Hi, I'm Harriet. Hi, Harriet. I'm Monty. You know what, Monty? The last guy that was here was wearing a flowered shirt exactly like yours. Hi, I'm Mabel. Hi, Mabel. I'm Carrie. Carrie, if you wanted to impress me on the beach, what color bathing suit would you wear? The beach? I thought we were going down to the river to do some skinny dipping. What? Yeah, you know, after I win my lawsuit. Lawsuit? Wait a minute. I don't want to get mixed up in any lawsuit. I hate lawyers. I'm marking you as a no. Get out of here. Oh, wow. This speed dating is so confusing. Hi, I'm Mabel. Hi, Mabel. I'm Monty. Why are all you guys wearing those matching flowered shirts? Hi, I'm Catherine. Hi, Catherine. I'm... Ah! Miss McCafferty! Carrie! What, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? here? Uh, I'm sorry, Miss McCafferty. Please don't beat me with that yardstick like you used to back in high school. I can't believe they don't screen these applicants any better than this. Aren't there some minimum intelligence standards? You can bet I'll mark you with a no, no, a thousand times no. Monty, Monty, come on. Let's go. we got to get out of here. What do you mean? We're only halfway through. Miss McCafferty is here. She's looking for a date. How did you like our meeting this afternoon? Not bad. I found it so boring. Well, yeah, it is always boring, but we did get something accomplished on the agenda. Yeah, like what? Well, we found a new assistant editor for Tyrone's boating column. Do you know why we found an assistant editor so quickly? No. Why? She's the boss's mistress. No way. You're making it up. Seriously. She's been up in his office several times. That means nothing. Sure it does. Hot clothes, 
shapely body, no brain. Why else would he hire her? Maybe because she's smart and she's my daughter. Who is this? Your boss. How did you get in our cell phones group chat? One of you messaged me weeks ago. I didn't. I didn't. Well, she's my daughter, and you two go back to work. Sending notes on Messenger during company time is not company policy. Is he off? I think so. Crap! I didn't think he was in here. What are you going to do? Be quiet. I hope so. He's upset. I know. I really thought he was doing her. Are you still messaging? What, Mr. Lapro? You're still on? Do some work because I swear one more time, and both of you are out. Yes, sir. I'm blocking him. Is that possible? I'm in IT. Yes, it's possible. Just a few more clicks, and bam, golden. You rock, IT girl. Thank you. Now we can message without being caught by Mr. Lardo. You mean Mr. Lapro? Oh, I get it. Ha ha. LOL. Talk about Lardo. Have you seen Janet in personnel? OMG! I thought she was pregnant. She's not. No, she had some emotional breakup with Jack in maintenance. They were going out. He's so gross. Does he even bathe? I don't think so. I can't imagine them in a restaurant. Janet stuffing her face and buttering her toast on Jack's head. Ha ha. Seriously? Who is this? Janet. Janet, how did you get in our group chat? I logged on, nitwit. Does Mister Lapro know what witches the two of you are? Hey, Tubby, who are you calling a witch? That's it. You guys are toast. Yeah. Well, we need grease. Send in your boyfriend. Oh my God! What are you doing? We are so losing our jobs. I don't care. Ha ha ha! I'm free, free from this corporate cage. I'm quitting. Hey, message me when you get home. We need to talk. I will end this show with something a little bit more joyous, a song of a young girl who finds her love and is loved back. Once in a while, it is nice to have a happy ending to a story. I wrote this song for a young singer in Nashville. It was fun writing it, and I hope this will bring a little smile to your life as well. The song is called "I Dream About You." Thank you for listening, and see you next week on the radio.
folks, that's all for today's show. I'd like to thank all of our guests for being on KB Cabaret. I'm always awed with the amazing talent out there. Thank you to my hardworking crew, co-workers, and actors John Kerry, John Montgomery, actors Junie McMahon, and Bonnie DeForest. My amazing sound engineer and actor, newlywed, Charles Berman. His assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My music engineer, David Rice of Basement Studios, who <laughs> makes me sound better than I am. And a special shout-out to Christina Dilnella, who plays one mean piano and now works in musical theater in New York City. Of course, a special thank you to you, dear KB Cabaret audience, for stopping by and listening to our show. We certainly couldn't do this without you. If any of you have a hankering to write or sing for our show, contact me, Bree Harvey, through the show submission page. Let me see what you've got. And sponsors, you want your name heard by over 150,000 listening audience members all over the country and as far as Australia? <laughs> Hello, mates. Then KB Cabaret is the place to be. Just give me a shout-out on kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T.com. I'm Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of KB Cabaret. See you next week on the radio. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We love to have you and share our parlor city. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.